Welcome in to a special edition of the Wisports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, general manager at Wisports.net, also our football writer. And football is what we're going to talk about today. Reaction to the state semifinals that happened last night. An incredible night of games. Very competitive games. Some of the best games that we have seen all year coming right down to the end. So many storylines out of last night and wanted to take a chance, take an opportunity to talk a little bit more about that, what all those storylines were, what they meant. Take a little bit of a look ahead to next week with the state finals as well. And so this will be a uh, special edition. We'll call it the state semifinal special edition of the WSN podcast. And really, we have to start with a story that began the year and now, quite fittingly, doesn't end the year, but does, uh, does put a little bow on the pre-state finals. Way back in week one, one of the most anticipated games that we have had in quite some time was Fond du Lac and Kimberly. Two teams that had met a number of times recently, not only in the playoffs, but also in the regular season. Fond du Lac had come very close to knocking off the papermakers a couple different times in recent years. In in week one, Fond du Lac kicked a field goal in the closing seconds to beat Kimberly to end the papermakers' 70-game winning streak. And I said way back then, way back in week one after that game, and in fact, I think uh, right away on Football Friday night after the game, that I thought it would be the first of two meetings between the two teams. And sure enough, as it played out, both teams ran the table the rest of the way. Both teams looked very good heading into the playoffs. And those two teams met last night, Friday night, for a second time. And what a game we got. Extremely close the whole way, back and forth. Ended up tied at the end of regulation, 14-14. to 14. And then in overtime, Kimberly won the toss, elected to play defense first. Fond du Lac did score on its first possession. Went down and scored pretty quickly. Kicked the extra point. Kimberly, on its possession, went down, kicked, or excuse me, uh, scored a touchdown, And Steve Jones was faced with the decision that we have seen from high school coaches all the way up to the NFL so many times. Do you go for two in the win? Do you kick the extra point and continue on into another overtime period? And Steve Jones told us on Football Friday Night last night that he had already made his decision, that he knew when he chose to go on defense first, that if Kimberly scored, or excuse me, if Fond du Lac scored and then Kimberly scored and the papermakers had a chance to go for the win, they were going to take it. They were going to take the chance. Kimberly lined up, called timeout initially, wanted to talk about it a little bit more. And then, uh, as Steve Jones call, uh, told us, uh, a play that Jason Mangan had helped put in, uh, assistant coach, during the week they had kind of used up all their two-point conversion plays against Bayport the week before and so a a play that's been in a lot of playbooks for a long time 
in football, but uh, a little bit of a empty backfield. The quarterback takes a snap, ducks in like it's going to be a sneak or a quarterback draw, and then lofts a pass to the tight end in the back of the end zone. Kimberly wins on the final play of the game, 22-21. What an incredible game it was at Titan Stadium at UW Oshkosh. Cold, snowy, windy, but man, what a game. And it was one of several games that we had that were outstanding. And in fact, all four of the games in Divisions 1 and 2 were decided by one score. In the other D1 semifinal, Muskego beat Marquette 24-21. An outstanding game between two undefeated teams. Division 2, Homestead got past Marshfield. It was a close one, 12-7. And then in the other Division 2 semifinal, there was a little bit of deja vu going on for, uh, I think, both teams. And, and Jed Kennedy on Football Friday Night last night told us as much with Brookfield Central leading Wanakee in the fourth quarter, just like they did last year in the state title game. And Brookfield Central having a key turnover. In fact, they had two turnovers in the fourth quarter. One of them allowed Wanakee to uh, pull within a point, but then Wanakee botched the snap on the extra point. And so they trailed 14-13. to 13, And then Brookfield Central got another opportunity and tacked on another touchdown and ended up winning 20-13. to 13. And uh, again, as uh, Jed Kennedy told us, he was kind of feeling a little bit of here we go again. It was a very similar situation to what happened with Brookfield Central last year in the state championship game when uh, Wanakee forced a fumble in the fourth quarter, down by two scores, and then Wanakee used that momentum to come back for the win. But this time it was not to be. This time it was the Brookfield Central Lancers that got the victory and head to Madison again. In Division Three, a couple games that were not as close as we have seen in the other matchups. West Appear beat defending champion Rice Lake 35 to 14. Catholic Memorial, one of the more impressive victories in the uh, in the playoffs and, and in the state semifinals, as the Lions, or excuse me, as the Crusaders beat the Lions of New Berlin Eisenhower 41 to 14, 41 points against New Berlin Eisenhower defense that had not allowed more than 20 all year. 20 was their high. They had not allowed more than 14 in any other game. One of the best defenses in the state, but Catholic Memorial put up 41 points. Now, there was an interception return that uh, the Crusaders had as part of that, but still 34 points on offense. And they really didn't have a ton of yards. Catholic Memorial only had about 220 yards of total offense. So, um I'm not sure if uh, there was a, a few different turnovers in that game or, or returns that put him in good position. But either way, Catholic Memorial capitalized, and their defense was outstanding. They did give up 250 yards rushing, but held New Berlin Eisenhower to 34 yards passing, had a couple interceptions. And so the Division Three state title game will be West Appear and Catholic Memorial. In Division Four. How about the game between St. Croix Central and Little Shoot? What a back-and-forth affair that one was. Little Shoot went out 13-0 early on. Led 13-0 at the end of the first quarter. And then St. Croix Central came roaring back. Took a 21-13 lead into halftime, scoring 21 unanswered. 
back and forth a little bit in the third quarter. Little shoot pulled within 28-25 in the third quarter. So it was a three-point game into the fourth quarter. And then St. Croix Central just pulled away. They had a couple big plays. They had an interception return for a touchdown. And the Panthers scored 21 unanswered points for a 48-25 victory. Although, again, the the final score was not indicative of how close that game was. Again, a three-point game into the fourth quarter. On the other side, another outstanding game. I mean, if, if Fond du Lac-Kimberly doesn't happen, we're talking an awful lot about what a, a great game and the game of the night it was between Racine St. Catharines and Lakeside Lutheran. Lakeside Lutheran led that one most of the way. St. Cats went up 6-0 early, but then Lakeside Lutheran went up 14-6 at halftime. Lakeside Lutheran was leading 28-14 into the third quarter. And then Racine St. Catharines came back. They pulled within 28-22 in the third quarter. In the fourth quarter, chipped away but couldn't quite get it into the end zone. And then finally, with 32 seconds left, Racine St. Catharines scored to tie it up at 28 And then St. Katz went for two and got it on a two-point conversion run by Deshaun Brown. And Racine St. Catharines scored a 30-28 victory. Scoring, again, with 32 seconds left, uh, Deshaun Brown getting into the end zone on that two-point conversion run. In Division 5, Stratford avenged an early loss. In fact, they had lost to St. Uh, Spencer Columbus Catholic back in week one. And just like Kimberly did in avenging a week one loss to Fond du Lac, Stratford avenges a week one loss to Spencer Columbus Catholic as Stratford wins 22-6. to six. Stratford scored, uh, what was it, uh, 20 unanswered points after Spencer Columbus Catholic led 6-2 to two early in that one. So uh, Stratford, we get to see Ben Barton at, uh, at the Camp Randall Stadium, their outstanding junior two-way lineman that had committed to Wisconsin a couple weeks ago. Also of note in that game, Kate Erickey from Stratford had 42 carries for 303 yards and three touchdowns, doing most of the heavy lifting on offense for the uh, Tigers, had all but about 30, 35 yards of the offense uh, in that game. The other Division 5 game, undefeated St. Mary Springs, last year's Division 6 state champion, undefeated Lake Country Lutheran, last year's D5 runner-up. Both teams returned a ton of talent this year. And despite a little bit of struggles the last couple weeks, St. Mary Springs had uh, had two score victories over Amro and Amherst, very two, very, two very good teams. And you kind of wondered if you know, that was a, a sign of some, some struggles and things not quite clicking for the Ledgers. But man, they clicked in a big way against Lake Country Lutheran. Mitchell Wechter, quarterback from St. Mary Springs, a three-year starter, had a big game. 11 of 13 passing for 219 yards, four touchdowns through the air, a perfect 158.3 quarterback rating. Also had 35 yards on the ground and two touchdowns running the football. Played outstanding on defense in the secondary as well. And St. Mary Springs dominated throughout 41-12 over Lake Country Lutheran. And a heck of a way for the Ledgers to make a statement and get back 
rolling heading into the state finals. In Division 6, big story that I probably should have touched on earlier, to be quite honest with you. I, uh, Bryce Hittner from Iola, Scandinavia, became the state's all-time leading rusher. 158 yards against Grantsburg. Now up to 6,714 in his career. Breaks the previous record of 6,707 set by Hilbert's Mike Furcus from 2000 to 2002. And Hitner breaks the record. He We've kind of had him on record watch for a few weeks now, and he gets the job done. Kind of an interesting game. Iola Scandinavia went up 27-7 late in the third quarter in that one and seemed like they were in control and about to pull away. But then Leo Chennault and Grantsburg made their comeback. Grantsburg scored three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. However... They were unsuccessful on every extra point attempt. I think they went for two on every one. I know they went for two on the last two. And as a result, they came up two points short. They had a two-point conversion attempt late that could have tied the game. But instead, Iola Scandinavia held on for a 27-25 victory. Quite a game, quite a matchup between Bryce Hittner from Iola Scandinavia, who again broke the state's all-time leading rushing record, last night, and Leo Chennault from Grantsburg, committed to Wisconsin, both play middle linebacker, both play running back, head-to-head over and over, got a chance to watch a little bit of that game on uh, the We Are Grantsburg stream on Facebook, and those two met up time and time again, but it's Bryce Hittner and Iola Scandinavia that move on, and he gets a chance to add to his rushing record. In the other game, Talk about rushing records. Tyler Tenner of Racine Lutheran had his second straight 300-yard rushing game as Racine Lutheran went up early, went up often, and dominated Lancaster 55-28. Tenner returned the opening kickoff 99 yards for a touchdown. Four minutes later, he had a 52-yard touchdown. And Racine Lutheran would go up 28-0 and really was not a contest. Racine Lutheran had over 500 yards rushing on the on the game. Tenner finished with 302 and three touchdowns, plus that kickoff return touchdown. Jalen Houston had a big game. 11 rushes for 174 yards, three touchdowns as well for him. And so Racine Lutheran, the second team out of the Metro Classic Conference to make it to state as they join Racine St. Catharines. In Division 7, a rematch of last year's state championship game. Blackhawk beat Bangor 24-6. Edgar shut out Reedsville 41-0, so it'll be Edgar and Blackhawk in the state championship game. Again, we had so many storylines from last night. The, the close games Fond- led by uh, Fond du Lac and Kimberly. You also had St. Cat scoring late in their game. Brookfield Central holding on. Some other close games. But also Bryce Hittner. Again, breaking the career rushing record in the state of Wisconsin. And how about the coaches that we had in that those games last night and that we will have at state next week? Of the 28 head coaches that were coaching last night, combined for 58 state titles between WIAA and WISA, the 14 coaches that will coach in next week's state championship games, 
combined 41 state titles. Led by 15 from Bob Hyland, of course, 7 from Jerry Sins, 5 each from Dave Keel and Steve Jones, Corey Mills, Jed Kennedy, Tony DeSalvo, each chipping in one. You also have some coaches that have been there before, either as head coaches or assistant coaches. Iola Scandinavia, I think this is the third time to state for Scott Erickson, their head coach, and they've uh, finished with a runner-up trophy each year previously. West appears Jack Botton was an assistant coach when the Phantoms went to state uh, two or three years in a row, uh, just within the last decade or so. And in fact, in the last decade, 12 of the 14 teams have made at least one state tournament appearance, state finals appearance. The only ones that have not, Racine St. Catharines and Racine Lutheran. So it's not surprising, shouldn't be surprising, that teams that are successful over and over and over, that have coaches that have been there for a long time, that have coaching staffs that have been there together for quite a while with good continuity, that these are the teams that are back at the state championships. It's not a coincidence. It's not, it's not an accident. And that's why sometimes when, uh, when, when people complain about not being able to compete and their situation is unfair for whatever reason, coaching matters. Coaching matters in a big way. The head coach, the assistant coaches, the coaching staff. I know not everybody's going to be able to find a Steve Jones, a Dave Keel, Bob Hyland. But you can't tell me that some of these programs that have struggled that haven't been to the playoffs in 10 plus years and and say that things are unfair, they need to change conferences or this, that, or the other. If Dave Keel went there, if John Hoke went there, those teams would be much more competitive than what they have shown. And those teams that are struggling, that have struggled for so many years, look at how many coaches they've had. Some of those programs have had four or five head coaches in the last 10 years. you got to find a coach. You have to invest in a coach. You have to search out quality candidates. You can't just accept whatever applications you get. You need to be proactive if you want to have a good program. It's, it's difficult to have just a, a great coach fall into your lap. So I guess that's uh, that's my rant of the week that I wasn't planning on doing. But let's take a look at some of these state title games for next week. In Division One, we have five-time defending state champion Kimberly taking on Muskego. And a lot of people have uh, already, last night, doing what I hate so much, saying, oh, Kimberly and Fond du Lac, that was a state title game, should have been at Camp Randall. This, that, and the other. And as I've ranted about here, I hate that so much. Muskego's a very good football team, undefeated out of the Classic 8 Conference, one of the best conferences in the state. They provide a different challenge, a different type of offense than what Kimberly is maybe used to seeing, they, what they've seen at State in the past. The wing tee that Muskego runs. The Valley uh, is a lot of spread football teams. And so this is going to be an interesting matchup for Kimberly and a very, very good Muskego football team. In Division Two, we get Homestead and Brookfield Central, a couple Milwaukee area powers. Dave Keel, again, looking for his sixth state championship, just finds a way over and over and over. 
It'll be interesting uh, matchup with Brookfield Central, who has shown a way to win games in a lot of different ways with their defense that uh, has been very good with an offense that features a number of playmakers, including Rashad Lampkin, who's quickly becoming one of the best running backs in the state of Wisconsin. Going to be interesting to see his uh, recruiting process play out after the year. Division three, West Appear and Catholic Memorial. Some really outstanding individual talent on defense, especially in that one. West Appear features Jake Karshinsky, senior defensive lineman, Iowa recruit. Catholic Memorial has all kinds of talent on their defense, led by J.C. Latham, a sophomore who already has offers from Wisconsin, Penn State, Notre Dame, Michigan, a whole host of others. It's going to be one of the top probably 25 players in the entire country in that class. And again, he's one of a, a several Division I underclassmen prospects for Catholic Memorial. I really am, am excited to watch the Division Four game between St. Croix Central and Racine St. Catharines in large part because of the complete contrast of styles that these teams will present. St. Croix Central is a an option team, a veer team that's going to pound it, pound it, pound it uh, over and over and over. Ryan Larson, who we've seen at State the last couple years, look for him to get 30, 40 carries again. And we're seeing St. Catharines, a spread team. Now they still run the ball a lot, but they do it differently, excuse me, differently than what you see from St. Croix Central. St. Catharines is going to spread you out, look to get Deshaun Brown into space where he can make plays either throwing or running the football. And he's so dynamic with the ball in his hands. It's going to be fun to watch him on the carpet at Camp Randall Stadium. Going to be a huge challenge for the St. Croix Central defense to keep him in check. Division 5, again, we get Stratford uh, back to state for the first time since they've capped off their six consecutive titles from 2003 to 2008. Ben Barton, junior lineman committed to Wisconsin, get a chance to see him as they'll take on St. Mary Springs. Bob Hyland looking for his 16th state title. Isla Scandinavia is back at state after finishing as runner-up last year in Division VI. Bryce Hittner, again, looking to add to his rushing record. And they take on a Racine Lutheran team that's got two losses, but they were to Racine St. Catharines, who's undefeated, and at state in D4. And Martin Luther, a very good team in Division IV as well. Racine Lutheran is... Uh, Really hammered teams the last couple weeks. Looked very impressive. Tyler Tenner, again, back-to-back 300-yard games coming in. So a fun one between Iola Scandinavia and Racine Lutheran. Hope you're not wanting to see passes because we'll be lucky if we see 10 combined in that game, I would think. It's going to be a lot of running the football in that game. Speaking of running the football, expect to see a lot of that in Edgar versus Blackhawk in Division 7. Both teams undefeated. Edgar... Throttling opponents, they've allowed 43 points in 13 games so far this year. Blackhawk, an impressive win over Bangor last week, or or last night, I should say, uh, avenging last year's state title game loss. So that's the the matchups. That's what we get next week. And speaking of next week, it's going to be a a busy week in a lot of other facets. On Monday, the Wisconsin Football Coaches Association will release its all-state teams and players of the year. New this year for the first time, there will be a large school All-State team and a small school All-State team. So look for that on Monday. On Wednesday, 
The Wisports.net Senior Football Award winners will be announced. We'll announce our winners for each of the eight positions. The Dave Craig Award, the Joe Thomas Award, the Altoon Award, etc. And then uh, on Monday, you can also keep an eye out for our info article, our What You Need to Know About the State Finals, information on the tickets, how you can get tickets, where you can watch the games on TV, where you can listen to the games, where you can park, all the different things that you'll need to know if you're either attending the state championship games or just want to find out a, a way that you can follow the games. And of course, with sports.net is a great place. Follow me at TravisWSN on Twitter. I'll be live uh, live tweeting and providing updates throughout the, the week. You know, we're not going to do play-by-play. There's a million places you can find play-by-play, either watching, listening to, following the live stats, etc. But we'll provide kind of updates and, and information and reaction of, of all kinds of stuff of what's going on around the stadium, what, uh, you know, what the happenings are. We'll do our always important, the most important stat of the week, how many press box hot dogs the WSN staff consumes. And so uh, all kinds of stuff coming out on WSN next week leading up to the state championship games. Thursday, begin at 10 o'clock with the Division 7 game, 1 o'clock Division 6, 4 o'clock Division 5, and 7 o'clock Division 4 on Thursday. On Friday, Division 3 opens things at 10 a.m. At 1 p.m. is the Division 2 game. And 4 o'clock kickoff for the Division 1 championship as Kimberly looks for a sixth consecutive state title. Our stat of the week this week is 4,491. That is the total yards, total rushing yards, for Racine Lutheran's Tyler Tenner heading into the state title game. That's career yards. As a contrast, or as a uh, point of information, Bryce Hittner from Iola Scandinavia, who just broke the all-time career rushing record list, uh, had 4,258 rushing yards after his junior year. So Tenner is already a couple hundred yards ahead of Hittner's pace, and still has the state championship game left. So that means Tyler Tenner of Racine Lutheran, who's just a junior, has a decent shot to challenge Hittner's record next year for career rushing yards. And in fact, Tenner would have an outside chance to get to 7,000 rushing yards, which nobody has done yet. Hittner still has a game left, He's at 67-14, so if he has a, a big, big game, a record-setting type game in the Division VI state title game against Racine Lutheran, then he's got a shot at it. But Tenor will be on record watch next year. So that's a, uh, a story that we'll keep an eye on. Rant of the week, I guess I, I already kind of gave one a little bit, but I'm not going to get into a big one this week because you know what? It's state title time. It's state championship time. There's nothing that we need to complain about. It's a great time of the year. We get to watch some outstanding football games. There's going to be some high-level football players at Camp Randall, multiple Division I players, kids committed to Wisconsin, kids playing in the Big Ten, underclassmen that will uh, eventually get there. 
So nothing to complain about, nothing to rant about. Get out, check out a game. Uh, if you can, get to Camp Randall. It's always a fun environment. If you can't, watch the games on uh, Fox Sports Wisconsin. Follow along on our social media and what we're doing at Wisports.net. Again, follow me at TravisWSN. It's going to be a fun time. Always a great time at Camp Randall, getting a chance to catch up with coaches, other media members, friends that we uh, get a chance to see. Uh, everybody comes together for a great couple days of football. I'm Travis Wilson, General Manager at Wisports.net. This has been a Wisports.net podcast. We'll see you at the games.